We're watching films on the toilet Cause that's what dads have to do When the movie's unsuitable for your kids Then pretend you need a number two If you need a break from your family or spouse There's a lavatorial picture house Watch Terminator 2 while you're sitting on the loo Enjoy the whole of Rambo 4 with your trousers on the floor We're watching films on the toilet How about you? Have you ever broken a bone? I think I might have broken a finger because there was one time I was playing cricket for the school team versus Plymouth College. Boo. Mm. I'm left-handed and I didn't realise at the time but you have to get special left-handed cricket gloves. Yeah. The reason for that is, is to protect your little finger. Oh, right. There's a big pad that goes over your little finger. Okay. But I was wearing right-handed ones, so <sighs> going across my finger was a thin piece of cloth ah. and they had this guy... I imagine he's a really fat <laughs> now, but you know how, like, as a kid, he was like a cube. Right. Anyway, he, he did this really, really, really fast bowl, and uh, it, it landed mm. on my finger, and then it went black, Ooh. and I couldn't move it. So I imagine I might have broken that finger, but I, I don't know for sure. Have you ever broken a bone? I haven't broken a bone. I sprained my ankle once throwing a ball. <laughs> okay. Really put all my weight into this throw. Mm and went over my ankle and sprained it. And I had to have crutches. Oh, jeez. That's why I'd never throw anything ever again. Yeah, that's a great reason. If someone says, oh, toss me the keys, nope, I'll walk them to you. Yeah, no matter how far that's it is. That's right. You know when you're doing that thing where uh, you throw like a piece of popcorn into your mouth and you're doing yeah. a game. If, if anyone ever asks you to do that, you'll refuse and then very delicately walk over and place the piece of popcorn into their mouth. That's right. I've got in trouble for that quite a few times. Well, you've often done it on people who weren't asking for <laughs> Yeah, it. that's right. Sorry, did you ask me to... Oh, no. Okay. You'll do that in the in the pictures. Yes. Where it's very dark, so people don't really see you. Yeah. And you kind of creep up on them. Yeah. You'll sort of hide beneath them. That's right. And then your arm will just go up. Yeah. You'll, you'll pat around to see where the mouth is, because you can't really see where it is. And then once you find a suitably wet orifice... <laughs> In, in the popcorn ghost. I'll sit and watch a film and then I'll lie down and wait for the yeah. next film to start. So everyone comes in <laughs> and I pop it in there. I mean, and the side benefit of that is you'll wait until everyone's left and there's like a little window before the ushers go in and you try and eat up as many sweets and popcorn that have fallen on the floor as possible. That's right, hoover it all up. You often refer to those as your sinner meals. <laughs> Well, there's no way I'm paying cinema prices for popcorn or sweets. Mm. So I just hoover up all the leftover sweets, uh, popcorn, chewing gum. Sometimes eat the tickets as Little well. Little bits of mud that have fallen off people's shoes. Yeah, it's worth it. <laughs> Excuse me. I've been waiting out here for 15 minutes. All right, all right. Can a guy go to the bathroom in peace? Thank you. Finally. Ouch! Ah! I've just burnt my... Excuse me! That toilet seat was scorching hot! And? And you're the one who heated it up with your hot caboose! I can't help if I got a warm caboose! Your caboose is not warm! It is unnaturally hot! Yeah, well, there ain't nothing I can do about that! You see, this is the problem. Whatever happened to walking around with an ice-cold caboose? that would gradually warm up when you spent time on the toilet seat. You're insane! You know what? Maybe you're right. Time to cool your caboose down!
start of the episode. Has it started now? It's the start. Okay. It's the start of the episode. This is the start. I'm bored with starting at the beginning. Can we not start halfway through? Should we start with the top five? Yes. Let's start with goodbyes. Okay. Well, Eamon, it's over to you. Keep flushing. Bye. 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 Hey, hey. <laughs> Does that... Oh, now I don't know where to start. Do you always say hey, hey? Yeah. Hey, hey. You know, I always do That's that. That's kind of your catchphrase. Yeah. I think you probably thought keep flushing wouldn't take off in the way it has. Mm. And now you're desperately trying to get your own catchphrase. I know. It's, I mean, everywhere I go now... I actually I'm assuming because I don't really go anywhere because of mm. the whole lockdown thing still. But I imagine if we weren't locked down, everyone would be saying it. Oh, well, I feel very much like Catherine Tate. Oh right. In that I'll go out and people will be like, "Oi, Eamon, keep flushing," and I'll be like, ha, "Ha, yeah, yeah, hello, mate, yeah, good one." They do that to you, they, do they? Yeah, all the time. But they they often get it wrong. Oh, so right. they'll be like. Oh, 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 um, um, start flushing the toilet. And they'd be like, this doesn't go like that. <laughs> Not like, hey, hey, Eamon, you idiot. Yeah. Some guy came right up to my face and mm. nutted me. Yeah. And I was just like, that's not how the catchphrase goes at all. It's keep flushing. Yeah. It's keep flushing. It's not breaking my nose. I can see, you know, how we got there. That misunderstanding, yeah. that makes sense, actually. I mean, out of politeness, I still thanked him. Oh, of course, you're a I very said, polite thanks, man. Thanks, mate. Thanks for listening to the show, yeah? Yeah, I did yeah. say that. Yeah, thanks, thanks for that. Leave us a review, yeah? <laughs> and I'm hoping that hey, hey will catch on in the same way. I'm sure someone else owns that. Mm, no, they? it's mine. Uh, I do it all the time. If someone falls over, I make them feel better. Okay. Hey, hey! Yeah. You know, it perks them up. <laughs> someone calls me up with a... Something terrible's happened to them. A death in the family. You know, sudden terrible news. Hey, hey! I just... Yeah. It makes them feel good. Yeah, it kind of works in most you should try. You should try it. Well, well keep flushing. <laughs> yeah. If someone's just had terrible news about, about a parent dying, they'll be like, oh, well, you know what they say? Keep flushing! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it will make them feel yeah. good. Can you believe, like Catherine Tate, who got insanely famous off the back of uh, I'm a Bothered and some lesser-known yeah. catchphrases, got really fed up of people coming up to her in the streets and going, I'm a Bothered, though, I'm a Bothered. Yeah. It's just like, well, if you don't want to get annoyed like that, then do some more original comedy. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Don't well, make it all about one catchphrase. It's your fault. I'm just really tired of people shouting my catchphrase at me. You know the catchphrase that I say over and over again in every yeah. episode of my thing? Why do people keep saying it back? Oh, oh no! Here's a new catchphrase for you. Oh, poor me! How about I get people to say that to you? <laughs> if we did get famous, it would be so short-lived oh, yeah. because we would just mess it up almost immediately. You definitely would. I'd be invited onto like the one show. Yeah. I'd say something about offensive about the royal family. Yes. Or I'd tell you what would happen is I would go onto that and I just my face would be like covered in like white powder. <laughs> I'd just be like jittery going out of my mind. And yeah. Immediate car crash. One! One! <laughs> I would try, ill-advisedly, try and play the trumpet solo from the theme tune. Or you'd run in like Nick Cage did on Wogan that time, tossing money at the audience, do a forward roll. Oh, God, that's amazing. <laughs> that's so funny. 
<laughs> His eyes are black. <laughs> um, well, I'm a, a man. I'm a man. Oh, we're not famous enough to not have to explain what this podcast's about yet. Oh, not yet, Ben, no. So no. this is uh, Watching Films on the Toilet, a podcast about a couple of dads who have very little time and very many children. So we have to go and watch the films that we want to watch, which are normally violent, on the toilet. Ben referenced our very many children there. How many do we have, Ben, in total? Oh, how long's a piece of string? <laughs> That's right, it... How many children do you have is one of those kind of questions, isn't it? You never you never really know the answer. You never truly know For some the people, I think it is. I only have two. I also have two. So, I mean, we say very many, two, two each. And that's four. That's loads. Be a lot of for one yeah. dad. I mean, together we are one dad, aren't we? Yeah, we're about a half a dad each. If we take the best bits of our dadding and put them together, we'd probably make one mm-hmm. good dad and maybe like three or four terrible dads. It'd be know. a bit like the movie Twins. Mm-hmm. Between the two of us, we maybe have one leg's worth of good dad. Yeah. And the rest of it is just shockingly bad yeah. dads. Like four Danny DeVitos and one of Arnie's biceps. Yak the yak don't talk back. <laughs> okay, this week we will be talking about the 1993 movie Falling Down. Mm-hmm. Directed by Joel Schumacher and starring Michael Douglas... And Bobby Duvall. Mm. So, yeah, we're going to be talking about that a little later on, sharing our thoughts. But first of all, we have some correspondence. Oh, yeah. So last week, Eamon, you read a bit of toilet news. It was from Plymouth. And on the Devon side of the River Tamar, known as the Saltash Passage, they were having a lot of trouble with people soiling their beach mm-hmm. yeah. and doing inappropriate things. So I suggested fix that we should basically destroy the other side of the tamar mm-hmm. on the cornwall side in saltash make it look much much worse to make those guys in devon feel better now my dad lives in saltash mm. and turns out he's not very happy about that oh, okay didn't like the plan mm. so he wrote a letter to watching films on the toilet hq so i've read mm. it i don't think it was meant for me. Oh, okay. Anyway, I'll share the, the letter with you. This is from my dad. Dear Eamon, I hope this letter finds you well. I am writing to address a situation that has troubled me to my very core. I feel I would not be fulfilling my duty as a father to you and Ben if I did not mention it. Yeah. I know the two of you make a lot of daft jokes on your podcast. And to you, Eamon, they're just provocative barbs designed to draw attention to your show. But Ben has always had trouble separating fiction and reality, and I can't help feeling he's about to do something he might later regret. This brings me to your proposed plan to desecrate Saltash. I thought nothing of it until I received a Facebook invitation to the event, (laughs) (laughs) along with 25,000 other attendees. (laughs) Sure, I enjoy a good knees up as much as the next bloke, and I have nothing against a group of friends blazing reefer together in a field or car park. I've even been known to climb into one of my canoes, zip up the protective cover and hotbox myself into a (laughs) semi-conscious daze. (laughs) But what I cannot condone is the suggestion. (laughs) Oh, Dad. But what I cannot condone is the suggestion that partygoers should do their business on the banks of my hometown. 
As I said, to you, this may be a joke, but with Ben at the reins, I feel it could become something else entirely. You may not be aware of this, but he has a history of practical jokes that get completely out of control. Just recently, he erected a statue of me in the Saltash Town Centre, <laughs> dressed as Popeye, hold <laughs> holding a can of exploding spinach. <laughs> Just recently, he erected a statue of me in the Saltash Town Centre, dressed as Popeye, holding a can of exploding spinach in a suggestive area. <laughs> as if... <laughs> oh, all right. As if this wasn't bad enough, he hired a hundred football lads to guard it. <laughs> And in a drunken rampage, <laughs> they destroyed all the benches in the local area. <laughs> and let's not forget the time he glued all my furniture to the ceiling like the monkeys do at the end of the twits. <laughs> ben, who does not have the knowledge or tools of an accomplished tradesman, used glue that was far from strong enough for the job and a falling modem nearly took off the end of my foot. And in case you're not convinced of his appetite for anarchy... I'll leave you with this. In 2010, he painted an 8 by 10 foot picture of the Prophet Muhammad and hung it from the Tamar Bridge with my name signed at the bottom. <laughs> Please put a stop to this, Eamon. Hopefully Ben will listen to you. He stopped listening to my advice a long time ago, which may explain why he's so pale and thin. Yours, dad <laughs> so yeah i mean my dad sounds really cross he does i hadn't realized you'd done all those things ben well allegedly <laughs> yeah and um should point out the football lads thing is a real thing isn't it yes it is a real thing i'm not saying i did that no but one could hire a hundred football lads to guard a statue if they wish yeah you can they're like kind of like a um definitely not suggesting that you should no you definitely shouldn't they're kind of like a diet national front who call themselves football lads and i don't know where we saw it they put a flyer or something on facebook it's just like a hundred boys and if you pay them it's like five pounds each and sandwiches Mm. they'll come and loiter in a specified place for you that's right so you could get them to guard a statue get them to guard your nan are you getting to go to like the uh, Chelsea Flower Show? Guard a tree. So what are we going to do? We can't cancel the event now. 25,000 people have said yes. Leave it with me. I, I know how to speak with your dad. You don't know how to speak his language. You know, I do. <laughs> so it's maybe best <laughs> if you leave it up to me. Okay. I'll let you deal with that. Thank you. Now, got some toilet news for you, Ben. Toilet news! <sighs> Another pandemic shortage toilet paper, hand sanitizer, and now bubble tea. Mm? Bubble tea? Yeah. Have you ever had a bubble tea? No. No? No. What's a bubble tea? (laughs) It's like a drink, usually made with coconut milk or something else kind of sweet. And then uh, they put these little jelly bubbles in in it like it's like a textural element sounds like sweets yeah it's kind of like a sweet yeah is it hot no it's cold drink ben i don't drink tea no you're not really much of a hot 
drinks person, are you? I don't do no hot drinks. You like the cola, don't you? Oh, I do. Sometimes uh, you'll pour like a litre of cola into a kettle Mm -hmm. and boil that up. Yeah. And drink that. Yeah, that's different. Piping hot. Oh, yeah. I wait for the whistle of the kettle and then I'll down it. Straight away. Boiling Coke. Yes. And how many teeth do you have again? Well, I have a full mouth of fake teeth. Oh, yeah. You're lovely fake teeth. Uh, But no one knows the difference. Yeah, they're authentic elephant ivory, aren't they, Ben? (laughs) Beautiful, dull yellow. (laughs) Made of pure ivory. If you're going to have fake teeth, you need to spend. You need to get the very best. Yeah. You're actually a brand ambassador for ivory, (laughs) aren't you, Ben? Well, it's funny you should mention that because uh, I think it's about time I introduced our new sponsor. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, he didn't work out with the snake meat and fern branca bailed out pretty quick so a big ivory company got in touch with us Mm -hmm. the detractors will tell you they tried everyone else everyone else refused on ethical grounds yes and so we were there the very last podcast that they approached and that might be true but i have to tell you ivory what a product (laughs) what a find if you want a beautiful set of replacement teeth yeah maybe some new keys on your piano that's right or a haunting kabuki mask yeah or yeah if you just want a huge great tusk ripped off an elephant's face and mounted (laughs) on your mantelpiece gotta tell you gotta it's gotta be the real deal You wouldn't get a tusk from anywhere else, would you? If the elephant ivory is a little too much, why not get a walrus tusk? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just as real. We're actually running competition. Our thousandth listener will get a very special rhinoceros horn shipped straight to their house. (laughs) And Ben, do you know the best thing about this ivory? It's sustainable. (laughs) That's right, it's the Sustainable Ivory Company. Yeah, that's right. Uh, our newest sponsor. <laughs> uh, so, this week we watched Falling Down. We certainly did. How many sittings did it take you to watch Falling Down in the toilet, Eamon? Four. That's not bad. That's not bad. What about you? Seven. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's also not bad. What did you drink for me this week? I drank two tins of blackstrap molasses. Oh. Mm. (laughs) Sounds quite thick. It is more of a food than a drink. So my wee is three seconds. Three Three seconds? No, really. But it is 58 seconds. Oh, that's not very long. Yeah. Tell you what, if if you ever want to freak out your children, eat about three massive tablespoons of molasses, which is incredibly black yeah and uh, make sure a lot of it's like falling out the sides of your mouth yes and just like run into their bedroom as they're going to sleep mm. and just go like night night <laughs> like that they love it they oh. think it's hilarious classic dad jokes <laughs> i'm ready 58 seconds on your marks get set go so michael douglas plays your average white collar fascist who completely snaps after his air conditioning stops working while he's stuck in a traffic jam He heads to a convenience store and smashes it up because he feels he's been overcharged by the Korean owner. Then he beats up some gang members when they threaten him with a knife and later steals their weapons when they try to kill him. And he fires a gun at a fast food restaurant because they've stopped serving breakfast. Because that's what heroes do. 
Then there's Robert Duvall, who plays a tolerant cop counting down the hours at his desk before he retires prematurely because his disturbed wife wants him to. He begins to piece together the events of Michael Douglas's rampage as our man goes all in on the crazy, shooting a Nazi who owns a army surplus store, allowing an old dude to die on a golf course and taking a family hostage in the grounds of some other rich guy's house. Oh, and he fires a rocket launcher at a construction site. Robert Duvall does some digging and finds out that Michael Douglas actually had a breakdown some time ago and figures out that he's heading to his ex-wife's place to see his daughter. Eventually, Robert Duvall catches... Eventually, Robert Duvall catches up with him, but not before he finally grows a pair and puts his unstable wife, who's still <laughs> grieving the death of their child, in her place and tells her she better have his damn dinner on the table when he gets home. Lads. He also assaults a fellow officer, but it's okay because he cracks the big case and shoots Michael Douglas off the end of a pier. The end. So that is 1 minute 16. Nice job there, Ben. Thanks. Falling down. Mm. Well, Michael Douglas's character mm-hmm. defends... I think he's meant to be relatable. Yes. And I guess for the first half of the film, at least, we're meant to see him as our kind of, as an anti-hero. Yeah. He's snapped and he's taking revenge on this broken society that's made him feel disenfranchised, like he doesn't belong there anymore. Mm. It's very relevant because a lot of these white men around now who feel like their privileges are being taken away. But I don't really want to spend any time with them. Yes. I was quite shocked because I remember saying when I picked this film that I was slightly worried I I would relate to this guy too much. (laughs) Yeah. As, As it turns out, not an issue because the escalation of his breakdown is just so ridiculous. Mm. It's just unrelatable. Yeah. Because conceptually, it's such a great idea for a film. Yeah. A regular person pushed a breaking point and then they go on a rampage. Yeah. Unfortunately, as you said in your summary, his air conditioning doesn't work. So then he decides to go and like kill a bunch of people. That is essentially how quickly it escalates. That's right. It's way too much. And I think maybe if the film had started at the point that he was fired from his job and then you see the escalation of the mental turmoil and things getting to him, it would have been far stronger. But as it goes, you're just expected to get on board with this guy going haywire immediately. And it's just too much too soon. Yes. The performances of pretty much everyone, maybe apart from Robert Duvall, remind me of, of something like Robocop, where I felt like it was satirical because no one is that obnoxious. Okay, I've never been to L.A., admittedly, but yeah, the way everyone behaves in, in that film is so egregious, so obnoxious and hateful. Yeah. It's it's just doesn't bear any resemblance to real life. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking of something like Joker, mm. which is another breakdown movie. Mm. I'm not going to go into its portrayal of mental health, but in that you end up feeling sorry for Arthur because he is a victim. Yeah. And, you know, when he kills the talk show host at the end... It's like this cathartic release. Yeah. And it's awful because that guy's completely innocent and he Mm. didn't really, he definitely didn't deserve to die, but you're with Arthur. In this, defense is not a victim. Yeah. He thinks he is. And in that respect, it makes an interesting experiment in the film, Mm -hmm. but it's very hard to sympathize with him. Yeah. That's a really, really good film set alongside it because it's someone who ends up doing something just as despicable by the end. Yeah. But because of the way the character is handled, you sympathise with him all, all, all the way. And it's just, 
it doesn't feel quite enough to be satire. No, I, I agree. You know, he there's one sort of thing that throughout the film, he calls his ex-wife yeah. on the payphones. And to begin with, he doesn't talk. He just kind of does his creepy calls. The breathing. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever done any crank phone calls? <laughs> you know what? What? I think we did one together when we were at school. I know the one you're talking about. That's and I'm that. not suggesting that anyone should do this. We phoned... It was a random number. ...from a payphone, and we sang Happy Birthday. Yeah. Do you remember the name that we sang Happy Birthday to? Who we said? Monroe. Monroe. Happy Birthday, dear Monroe. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We sang Happy Birthday, the whole of the song. Yeah. And then the guy at the other end was like, oh, it's, it's not my birthday. It's not Monroe. And then our friend, Russ, we got him to say, uh, mate, this is not a joke. I'm calling from Jamaica. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. On Monroe. <laughs> God, I'd completely forgotten about that. But you know what? I think that's almost like an acceptable crank call. because It was funny. It was, it was funny. And we're not really making fun of that person that was just like a silly situation yeah so in short please go out and do that <laughs> you have our blessing yeah but don't call an ex-girlfriend or ex-boyfriend and just be silent on the end of the phone oh no because that's weird it's rarely funny it's not funny is it rarely it's rarely funny yeah all right we'll go with rarely <laughs> um but yeah the kind of the awful people he finds the only place I've actually experienced that kind of um, unpleasantness is Waitrose. <laughs> oh, that yeah? is where I've had the most beef. Um, and you're talking from... about um, hostilities. You're not talking about buying kilos upon kilos of beef mints. I have oh. bought a lot of beef there, but I've also experienced a lot of hostility. One woman, um, I think I was coming in the entrance... She was convinced that it was the exit. Hmm. It wasn't. And she pushed her yeah. trolley against mine and tried to push me out of Jeez. the ex exit. So, yeah, she, uh, she pushed me out of the way uh, and I, I just let her pass because I was actually mm. quite afraid of what but she would do. But you did take all the beef mints out of her trolley, didn't you? Yeah, when, during the... It's like a pickpocket. It was like that slick bit in Ocean's Eleven when Matt Damon steals a wallet off that yeah. guy. It's just like that, except it was 750 grams of lean bint meat. It was. What about you? Have you ever gone defense for the day? I have, have yeah. I, I absolutely have. And you must have been expecting this. Bit. Oh, right. <laughs> I'd, I'd have at least one story mm. like this. So... There's a sushi chain called Wasabi. And every day I used to go to this, the one store, and I used to get the same thing every day. Right. And they did a really nice chili sauce that I really, really liked. And they used to do these little pots of it. But it was always quite random as to, to whether or not yeah. they'd have the chili sauce in. Sometimes they would, sometimes they wouldn't. And I remember getting it going to one day. Right. And they didn't have it. And I said to the guy, oh, do you have any of the pots of chili sauce? And he was like, no, no, we don't, we don't have any. And I was like, but you do sometimes. He's like, no, we never have. We never sell it. And I was like... Yes, you do. And he's like, no, we don't and we never have. <laughs> so I was so cross. I walked uh, a mile what? to another wasabi, bought a pot of the chilli sauce, <laughs> and I walked a mile back and I walked straight up into the counter. And I was just like, there, there's the chilli sauce. I just bought it in another wasabi. Tell me you're a liar. And he just kind of like, <laughs> was like, yes, I lied. I did, I did lie. <laughs> and I was like, thank you. And I stormed out. <laughs> yeah wow 
that's proper defense right there. There's and there's literally no embellishment in that story. That that happened as I just described it. I mean, you were wronged. You were actually mm. wronged. Unlike Michael Douglas's character, who well, no one did anything wrong. No, I, I one thing I really made me feel really uncomfortable actually is how racist a lot of the depictions of minorities in this were. You know, a skin flint. Korean store owner yeah. and violent Hispanic gangbangers. They just seemed all so surface level. Well, yeah, there was no positive representation of diversity whatsoever, really. No. Everyone was awful. Yeah. Um, except Robert Duvall's character, who I guess he is the only person that defense might listen to might be able to relate to. I was wondering this. Do you think they're like two different sides of the same coin of ageing men and how they feel in the world? I think so. I think Robert Duvall was was someone who possibly could have been pushed to the breaking point, but Mm. was very tolerant. You know, all the cops were mean to him, filled his desk with sand, Mm. but he still managed to be vaguely decent. I mean, with the exception of the talking to that he gives his wife which was really weird that was something else that i found troubling and and you alluded it to it in your summary the wife is is shown to be this real nag yeah the old ball and chain type thing but then you also find out that they they've been suffering from a really traumatic loss so it's like you can't have it both ways you know you, no. you can't make them out to be like a pain in the ass if they've gone through something horrific like that. Yeah. You can either have them be a pain in the ass because they are, or they've gone through something really sad and now they're disturbed. Yeah. It, everyone was just really annoying. And I suppose that, in theory, adds weight to Michael Douglas's breakdown. Mm. But actually, it just felt really awkward. I'm going to say a few things that I did like about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when he's in the fast food restaurant, and he's asking all the people how they think about the food. And there's one woman who just vomits. And she vomits in a really funny way. She just goes... <laughs> that reminds me of Philly Leotardo's death in The Sopranos. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Where she... <Right. laughs> oh, Philly! When um, the truck rolls over his head and then that yeah. guy just throws up. Just cuts to a guy vomiting. Yeah, that was good. I did like, like on, on the golf course... He has a great line to the guy who's having a heart attack. He says, now you're going to die wearing that stupid little hat. I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> but that was horrible. He just let him die. But he's so, again, that guy is so obnoxious. I had no sympathy but for him. He didn't deserve to die. <laughs> yeah, I didn't make a list of things I liked. <laughs> mm. I did like the way the film was shot. I like the closeness. I like the heat haze. It felt hot and sweaty. Yeah, it did, yeah. I'd say Falling Down was a challenging movie. Mm, I feel sad. I wanted it to be really good. It wasn't. It's disappointing, isn't it? And it's odd to see how much popular culture it's inspired. I went to one of your Halloween parties dressed as defense. Do you remember that? You did do that. The Foo Fighters made a music video all based around Falling Down. Day. There's lots of references. It was really popular. It was it was it was a really big film. It was. But here we are in 2021 and I'm afraid things have moved on a little bit since then. Yeah. Defense. Sorry 1993. <laughs> Stupid year. That's right. What are you going to do with this old film? Are you going to 
flush it or fish it out of the toilet bowl? I'll flush it down the toilet. You? Yeah, I'm going to flush this real quick. Okay. I was really quite shocked at how, how bad it was because I remember thinking it was a great concept and really good performance from Michael Douglas, but left me feeling cold and um, I kind of felt like it missed its point that it was trying to make. Okay, double flush. Get down that toilet. Well, this was disappointing, but there are other mm. Michael Douglas films that are not. He's a great actor. He is. So our top five this week is most favouritest mm. Michael Douglas films. Mm. The winner gets to pick next week's film. The loser has to do a forfeit. Mm. I believe I lost last week, didn't I? You did. So I get to guess first. I'm going to guess for you mm. the game. <laughs> yes. Yes. I feel like we saw that together. Or have I made that up? We did, and I think we were quite impressed. I was really impressed. It's often seen as, like, one of Finch's worst films. Oh, I think it's really good. Yeah. Okay, for you, I'm going to say this is a double. Oh, that, that was a double as well. Sorry. The game was a double. Oh, was it? Okay. Uh, Black Rain? No. Only because I haven't seen it for a really long time, so I don't really remember mm. it that well. I remember old Andy Garcia's head getting chopped off. Okay. I'm going to have to go with another double. Mm-hmm. Fatal Attraction. No. Okay, fair. Go on then. Okay, this is a double. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say Traffic. No. Didn't, put tra- yeah. didn't pick Traffic. Who? Okay. Again, this would be a double. Behind the Candelabra. I've not seen it, so oh, I, I can't put it down. But it, was, it looked good. It's an amazing performance. Is it? Yeah, really Old good. Liberace. Very good. Oh, okay, so... I need to get this. Is it Basic Instinct? No. Mm. It is shit. That's your guess. That's my guess, yeah. So I done a win? Yeah, you done a win. Oh, I oh I done a win. Oh, so go on then, put me under my misery. What, what else did you have? Okay, so my top five Michael Douglas films were Coma, which is a Michael Crichton thriller. I saw this when I was very young. Hmm. It was like the first thriller that I'd ever seen, and I thought it was really good okay fatal attraction mm. wall street uh, which again is a pretty iconic performance mm. bunch of scumbags the game and behind the candelabra mm. what were yours so I had the game black rain traffic wonder boys which is really oh yeah great film it's got he plays like a, a pot smoking author yeah it's good. i just remember being really funny enjoyed that and the war of the roses oh, okay so yeah those are my five good fives Okay, so your forfeit this week Mm. is to go up to some business people Mm. and demand that they give you their briefcase or bag. (laughs) Like the homeless guy. Yeah. Yeah, okay, no problem. Okay, (laughs) so, yeah, you can head into the city. Yeah. Yeah, see how it goes. We'll show you how it goes in the next podcast. I think that'll go really well for you. (laughs) Great. Okay, cool. So next week's film. We will be watching 1995's Seven, Ooh. otherwise known as Se Seven N, which I think is possibly not the superior title. No. Not only that, Eamon, mm. we are going to be joined by a very special guest. Who's that? It is Ash Tubb, lead singer of Sugar Horse. Oh. Woo! Yeah. Uh, Sugar Horse are a, oh, how, how do we describe them? Heavy slash shoegazy slash melodic slash awesome band from bristol Mm -hmm. and yeah we're going to chat to ash about seven which is going to be wonderful so i'm very excited okay well i look forward to that you you should well i just yeah okay so 
Thank you for listening, as usual. Mm-hmm. You can find us on the Instagram or the Facebook. You can listen to this again if you want, if you enjoyed it, or you can not. Follow it, review it, put it in a bun, eat it. Kiss it. Yeah, take it out to dinner. Ask its dad if you can marry it. Yeah, obviously. Only if you're old-fashioned, though. Do the decent thing mm. with it. So, yeah, thanks again. <laughs> Well, a rousing send-off, Ben. Mm. Yeah. Thanks again. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks again. I think Churchill said that in one of his Dunkirk speeches, didn't he? He did, yeah. Right on the beaches. <laughs> Thanks again. <laughs> the end. And what a what a speech it was. Yeah. What a so rousing. What a what a can't. I'm I'm done. Ben's done. I'll, don't worry. I'll take it from here. This is a lot like the end of Lord of the Rings when uh, Frodo is just <laughs> gone. He is gone. Sam has to carry him all the way to the top. That's what's happened here. Oh. Don't you worry, since Ben. I'll, I've got it from here. Don't worry. Mr. Frodo. <laughs> I love you, Mr. Frodo. Oh, you're carrying you into that big volcano. Even though the lava's coming out the top, it doesn't really make sense that there's a hole in the side that we can just run into. <laughs> Don't think about it. Let's go. <laughs> it's a sheer flow. It comes out the top, but it doesn't go down the sides. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Like a spout. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's always bugged me. That's always bugged me. Anyway, it was a great metaphor because uh, Ben's yeah. seriously flagging, and I've still got piles of energy. I've eaten loads of labdmus bread, <laughs> whatever the hell it's called. <laughs> oh, Mr. Frodo, have this bread. Oh, we've only got this labdmus bread. <sighs> oh. Okay, Sam. Don't worry about me. Oh, I'm all posh and... Relax the bread. Don't roll. <laughs> oh, hey, Foghouse. Always <laughs> 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 changed his sound. Foghouse has rebranded his sound. Oh, what was his sound? Oh, <laughs> 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 That's right, Foghouse. Yeah, sorry, a bit of context there. The whole Foghouse thing, if you didn't hear the episode, Ben was convinced that the guy who makes all the sounds in the Police Academy films. Yeah. Instead of being called Larvel Jones, it's yeah. called Foghouse. <laughs> He's absolutely convinced that guy's name is Foghouse. Still not sure why. One of those mysteries. Anyway, thanks for listening. Yeah, I've said it. I've said it already. No, but you said it when you were going massively downhill. So. Oh, this is like the third Lord of the Rings film now with 600 endings. <laughs> That's right. This one now is the sad ending yeah. that'll have you in absolute bits. <laughs> This ending right here is going to wreck the rest of your day. Oh, oh Mr. Frodo, well, I don't like Everyone it. Everyone dies and it's just like crying their eyes out. Anyway, just wrap it up. Yeah, all right, let's wrap, let's wrap this bad boy up. Okay, thanks very much. Thanks again. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, let's string this out. Come on, let's really string it out. <laughs> so thanks again. <laughs> Yeah, thanks uh, again. Ben is... I'm only doing this for my own enjoyment. Ben looks absolutely <laughs> knackered. He's rubbing his eyes. He can barely stay awake. <laughs> oh, his little face. Anyway, okay, well, that really is goodbye. Uh, did you, is there something else you wanted to say? Thanks again. Thanks again. And yeah. uh, and if you're interested in listening <laughs> to more of the podcast... Ah, <laughs> oh, no. Ben's, uh, Ben's sleeping now. Okay. <laughs> Goodbye again, and keep flushing. Bye.
Bye. Thanks again. 